spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. Ditch the clowns on the left and the jokers on the right and join Michael Smirkanish right here in the middle. This is the Smirkanish podcast for independent minds. Who are you rooting for? I am not talking Rams and Bengals. I am talking Rogan and Young. Joe Rogan or Neil Young. It's not enough that Spotify took down Neil Young's music at his request because he said it's it's me or Joe Rogan. Now, in the latest development, Neil Young wants Spotify employees to quit their jobs. It's a complicated story with many milestones, but it's getting more and more interesting. There are a number of pieces that I'm going to refer to now as I try and walk through and recreate the timeline. And I guess first among them would be Ann Steele and John Jurgensen at the Wall Street Journal laying out at least how it began, because this piece is a couple of days old and there have been developments since it was written. But what I liked about the Wall Street Journal analysis is that it focused my attention on the issue of whether Spotify is a platform or a media company. And if you answer that, if you answer that question in the abstract, I think, at least for me, it allowed me to clarify my thinking, not get caught up in the politics of do I agree with this or do I agree with that, but a, but a more analytical, you know, ultimately, what are we talking here? It's the same question we've raised and answered in the past relative to Facebook. Well, I don't know that we've answered it definitively, but answered it in the past relative to Facebook and to Twitter. And I will tell you up front that maybe with the bias of a broadcaster, I'm always hesitant to see the policing. I also think that Oftentimes, the attempt to silence a speaker only strengthens them. And I see shades of that taking place with with Rogan. Um, let me tell you more about this. What, whatever they are, whatever Spotify might be, they currently have 406 million monthly users. And Rogan, I see reported, is the number one show in 93 markets. I didn't even know that they broke down by markets. Sounds very terrestrial radio-ish, but okay, I'll roll with it. Spotify also says that his listeners have grown 75% since he joined in September of 2020, meaning from September of 2020 through December of 2021, and it's a deal that was reportedly worth $100 million. Spotify doesn't want to be known as a publisher. Right. They don't want to be known as a publisher because they then open themselves up to liability that otherwise doesn't exist. Remember, we've talked in the past about Section 230. 
the 26 words that created the Internet, that uh, professor, uh, where's he from, West Point, I think, John Kossoff, who's been my guest because he wrote a book on exactly that subject. It's same same thing as Facebook and Twitter, same issue. Once you start regulating content, then you're acting like a publisher, and now you're an editor. I'll tell you what you're like, and I'm going to talk about this if I remember later in the program. If you start editing content, you're now acting like the New York Times. And what happens to the New York Times? You get sued. You get sued when you make a mistake, a la Sarah Palin. Today's a big day in in that trial. That's one end of the extreme. If you're acting like a publisher, you open yourself up to liability. If you're just a telephone line, if you're just AT&T, I know, a dated reference, um, well, then you can't be held accountable for what people are saying over your lines. You have no control over that. Here's the, the Wall Street Journal very quick timeline. They say rocker Neil Young came across an NPR report on the morning of January 24 that seemed like a fit for his Times contrarian online newspaper. Oh, don't tell me. He's got a newsletter, too. It detailed an open letter to Spotify that had been published earlier in the month from teachers, scientists, and medical professionals urging the streaming giant to address what they deemed false information about COVID-19 vaccines on Joe Rogan's podcast. Mr. Young would typically just repost a story, said a person familiar with his site. Instead, the singer decided to pen his own letter about Spotify. Quote, they can have Joe Rogan or Young, not both. Let me stop right there and say, if you're wondering, as I was wondering, well, okay, you know, maybe you're not a listener of the Rogan podcast. So what what exactly was the complaint? Like this open letter, what's the beef that people have relative to his broadcasts and COVID? Now I'm going to point you in a different direction. And by the way, the good news is I'm assembling each of these links so that they'll all be in my Twitter feed together. If you want to look at the, the, the data on which I'm relying, okay? So far, it's the Wall Street Journal, and now it's Aaron Blake in the Washington Post. Aaron Blake says, relative to Rogan, it's about where you draw the line. As we've written before, things like the validity of election results and vaccines are two issues which require the utmost care, given the stakes for democracy and public health, respectively. See, that's a good point. He says, well, you know, maybe you stay out of policing content on a typical day, but when it's democracy or public health, you got to get involved. Which brings us to Rogan. He's perhaps a case in point when it comes to our current dilemma. Unlike certain others, his dissemination of coronavirus misinformation doesn't appear to be so malicious or deliberate or even necessarily a bid to further a political agenda. I love this characterization because I think it's apt. He's a dude. In the truest sense. Without a medical or traditional journalistic background combing through the same conspiratorial information your friends and relatives are and inviting some fringe figures on to talk about it for hours at a time. Rogan said this week that he intends to do a much better job at research and conceded, I don't always get it right. But as we have the debate, it's worth drilling down on precisely what we're talking about and then... Aaron Blake goes on to give you some examples of what has been said on Rogan's program in the past, like ivermectin is the end of COVID or the mass formation hypnosis. 
quote, perhaps the one interview that set off the current imbroglio was Rogan welcoming vaccine scientist Robert Malone last month. Malone bills himself as a key figure in the development of mRNA technology and has since become a prominent skeptic of the coronavirus vaccines. He has often lodged wild, false, unproven claims. Among the claims that he shared with Rogan's audience, the pseudoscientific idea that a third of the population is basically being hypnotized to believe the mainstream media and Anthony Fauci by something called mass formation psychosis, which Malone compared to the situation of Nazi Germany. The concept of mass formation psychosis is not one broadly recognized by psychologists. Malone has since backed off using the word psychosis, but... Here, Rogan's influence shows the idea that people could be persuaded to follow health officials by effectively being hypnotized has gained significant traction. Okay, so there's an example of the misinformation that has emanated from Rogan's program. Back to Neil Young. His label told Spotify to take the music down and they obliged The spat was then a rude wake-up call for Spotify as it seeks to become the world's largest audio company. Like, this is what I addressed earlier, Facebook and YouTube, Spotify started as a tech platform agnostic to what it hosted, but it's now moving toward being a media company. What else did I want to tell you from the Wall Street Journal? Spotify says that it has content policies in place that they've already removed over 20,000 COVID-19 related podcast episodes during the pandemic, adding, we regret Neil, Neil Young, Neil's decision to remove his music from Spotify, but hope to welcome him back soon. I thought it was a a pretty uh, uh, ambitious and wise that Sirius XM immediately then tried to fill that void. I know they put Neil over on Channel 27. That may have expired by now, but... Uh, I know that they quickly gave him a home or returned him to his old home. You had Joni Mitchell follow Neil Young, David Crosby, Stephen Stills, Graham Nash, all the, you know, all the boys from CNSY. Then came Joe Rogan in response to Neil Young. Dropping this was a week ago, Sunday, dropping this conciliatory video to Instagram saying essentially, hey, I'm really I'm really bummed because I'm a Neil Young fan. It's a strange responsibility to have this many viewers and listeners. It's very strange. And it's nothing that I prepare for. And it's nothing that I ever anticipated. I am going to do my best in the future to uh, balance things out. I'm going to do my best. But my point of doing this is always just to create interesting conversations and ones that I hope people enjoy. So if I pissed you off, I'm sorry. And uh, if you enjoy the podcast, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you to Spotify. Thank you, all the supporters. And and even thank you to the haters, because it's good to have some haters. It makes you reassess what you're doing and put things into perspective. And and uh, I think I think that's good, too. Okay, so this is this is really just the first half of the story. The first half of the story is the controversy surrounding the program because of uh, the treatment of covid. I'll just say loosely described. Then comes. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the new Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. 
Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Hey, the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails, and with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers and with available features like the panoramic moonroof. You can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models, so no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. Visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Quick math, the less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required accessed from anywhere you cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite you improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform slashing manual tasks and errors over 37,000 companies have already made the move so do the math and see how you'll profit with NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to NetSuite.com slash Smirconish. NetSuite.com slash Smirconish. NetSuite.com slash Smirconish. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, Sirius XM Channel 124, and on the SXM app. Then comes the N-word video. TC, how do I say this? India Array? India Iree. Iree. Yes. India Iree. So India Iree shares clips of, she's a singer, India Iree shares clips of Joe Rogan preceding Spotify, I think most if not all of them going back several years, but a number of clips where he is repeatedly using the N-word throughout many episodes of his popular podcast. Uh he doesn't offer it gratuitously. I mean, how do I say this? There's a it, 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 He's using it because the word is in the news. But unlike someone like me who would say N-word, Joe Rogan, when discussing how the word is in the news, he actually says the word. So when you string together him saying N-word, 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 I'm not playing it, but you can imagine what it sounds like, and it, it both looks and sounds god-awful. Rogan then acknowledges in an apologetic video, this is now like Rogan video number two, that he indeed did he indeed did say the word in years past, and he said that he only used it situationally when it came up in conversation. I think those were his his words. Um, used as an example, you know, how Quentin Tarantino uses the N-word repeatedly in pulp fiction. This is Joe Rogan now explaining use of the N-word in the past. Hello, friends. Um I'm making this video to talk about the most 
regretful and shameful thing that I've ever had to talk about publicly. There's a video that's out that's a compilation of me saying the N-word. It's a video that's made of clips taken out of context of me of 12 years of conversations on my podcast, and it's all smushed together, and it looks fucking horrible, even to me. Now, I know that to most people, there's no context where a white person is ever allowed to say that word, never mind publicly on a podcast. And I agree with that now. I haven't said it in years, but for a long time, when I would bring that word up, like if it would come up in conversation and stay, instead of saying the N word, I would just say the word. I thought as long as it was in context, people would understand what I was doing. Like that context was part of the clip we were talking about Red Fox, how Red Fox said that word on television in the 1970s and how times have changed so much since then. Or about how Richard Pryor used it as one of the titles of one of his albums. Or I was quoting a Lenny Bruce bit, or I was quoting a Paul Mooney bit, or a, you get it. I was talking about a Quentin Tarantino. But, by the way, yeah, Quentin Tarantino in Pulp Fiction, in Pulp Fiction right? Or you know, you know, TC. What's interesting is I have a stack of books at home uh, of potential author interviews, interviews that I'm cont- contemplating doing. One of the books on my desk at home right now is a book titled N Word. And, and do you but, know, do you, but but it's spelled out. But it's spelled. I it's remember spelled when out. it it's, arrived it's, in, it's, it's in an studio. Acad- it's an academic who wrote it. I should know the name because I think he's been a guest of the program in the past. I also want to say that he's at Harvard. I mean, it, it is some really bright bulb who I believe to be a person of color himself. Yeah. So that's Randall Kennedy, and that's it's interesting it. that in the in the PR that I'm being sent, they refer to it as troublesome word. That's yeah, how no, they refer to it. I have but the book. I remember when the book came okay. into the studio. So I almost is, dropped this it. This is a really great way for me to illustrate the point. I haven't read the book yet, but I might. I might. If he comes on my program, I will say he is the author of the new book, and the new book is N-Word. But Joe Rogan wouldn't do that. I, I mean, I don't know what he'll do now. Wouldn't have done that. I mean, he hasn't done that, as he said in the no, video. Right. He hasn't said that in years. Right. Right. But Joe, but Joe Rogan interviewing him... How about this? Years ago would have said, and your new book is called, and he did, he did drop that bomb. So it, it it's not, I'm not defending Rogan. I'm, I'm trying to illustrate his use as I understand it is just like that. He'd say the word. He wouldn't gratuitously say that someone is that and use it as a slur. I don't know if that makes a difference to you, but I just wanted to point that out. So would, if you had Randall Kennedy, who is indeed from Harvard Law School, if you had him on the program, would you... Would it be okay with you if he said the word? TC, Wait, didn't you TC, have him on CNN and he did? TC, that happened to me on CNN. Was it him who yes, said it? Yes, okay, yes, Okay, there you go. Yes, now it all comes yes. back. And it was terribly... Unsettling for me. I, I didn't know what to he do. he said it. I know. You're right. He said it. Good, ex- good illustration of what we're talking about. Okay, so there's that going on. I'm almost, I'm almost finished. Just trying to summarize the, all this Rogan news. I've been wanting to do it, but today's the day. Somewhere along the way... Somewhere along the way, there, as the COVID controversy is raging, as the N-word controversy is raging, now Spotify pulls 70 or so episodes of Rogan's podcast. They have his whole inventory. I'm looking at Variety. With its Joe Rogan deal in a white-hot spotlight, Spotify has pulled an additional 70 episodes of the popular podcaster's show from the platform. 
The 70 episodes removed Friday were originally recorded between 2009 and 2018 before the COVID pandemic, a controversy over coronavirus misinformation. Well, I already told you that already. Uh, the controversy has not been limited to COVID. Then they talk about the N-word and then they go on and they say that they've gone back and they've scrubbed 70 episodes from his archive. I guess when he came to Spotify, he brought all of his inventory and now they, and they must have just put it up willy nilly. Yeah, the archives, even, you know, uh, you okay. understand that again, <laughs> again, is Spotify a media company? Are they a publisher or are they just a platform? If they're a platform, then this is it. This is what they do. But if they're a publisher, if they're now acting as a media company, then they've got a different responsibility. And the other thing is that this story is now like spraying anybody who gets close to it. Two examples. First, from BuzzFeed. Uh, The Rock. Dwayne Johnson initially showed support for Joe Rogan's statement about artists Neil Young, Joni Mitchell, etc. pulling their music from Spotify. Quote, great stuff here, brother, says The Rock, perfectly articulated. This was this was after Rogan released video number one that I played a, a bit for you. Perfectly articulated, looking forward to coming on one day and breaking out the tequila with you. And he also included a liquor glass emoji. Two days later comes the Rogan apology for his repeated use of the N-word. And as that controversy is swirling, writer Don Winslow tweets at Johnson to ask whether his seeming endorsement of the podcast still stands. Winslow says, you're a hero to many people. He says this to The Rock. And using your platform to defend Joe Rogan, a guy that used and laughed about using the N-word dozens of times, is a terrible use of your power. Now The Rock responds and thanks this guy for reaching out and says, I hear you as well as everyone 100%. I was not aware of his N-word use prior to my comments, but now I've become educated to the complete narrative. It's a learning moment for me. The Rock is now caught up in it. And finally, at least for now, so too Andrew Yang. From the L.A. Times yesterday, former Democratic presidential hopeful Andrew Yang has apologized for saying that podcast host Joe Rogan isn't a racist because he works with black people. Yang has since deleted the tweet. By the way, again, it's never going away. It's never going away. There's no such thing as deleting a tweet. Stepped into the furor surrounding the embattled Spotify host over the weekend when Rogan and the company were compelled to address a compilation video showing Rogan repeatedly using the word. The politician defended Rogan by saying, so here's what Yang said about Rogan. I don't think Joe Rogan is a racist The man interacts and works with people, literally black people, literally all of the time, which I guess is akin to saying, I know Joe Rogan isn't racist because some of his best friends are black people. Yang had appeared on the Rogan experience in February of 2019, added, do I know black friends of Joe's who would swear by him? Yes, I do. The backlash came swiftly. Yang's reasoning was called out by many, including Democratic National Committee Chair Jamie Harrison. Yang, the forward party founder, also ran for mayor of New York City, backtracked then with a new thread and said, 
I like to believe the best of people, especially if I've met and spent time with that person. Sometimes it makes me miss something. I think we should all have the capacity to forgive people, whether a podcaster or a mayor, if they mess up. Maybe it's because I mess up, too. And then he added that racism is deep, corrosive and even uh, lethal. Okay, final piece, final piece. Brian Stelter's Reliable Sources newsletter. This is this now gets you to the uh, the, the latest uh, in this saga. Through my coverage of various media industry scandals over the years and through my firsthand experience with a few of them, I can confidently say this. The scandals are more intense on the inside than they may seem on the outside. And so it is at Spotify right now as employees challenge management and condemn Joe Rogan. Remember when I began, I said Neil Young is now telling employees to jump ship from Spotify. Spotify CEO Daniel X, Sun Eck, E-K is how he spells his name, Sunday night memo was full of signs that his employee base is in revolt over Rogan. The most recent controversy is over his past use of the N-word, but as the Wall Street Journal reported last week, before this eruption, employees have used message boards to express their concerns about his show ever since the exclusive distribution deal was struck back in September of 2020. So these issues have been bubbling up for a long time. Eck knows that. In the words of the Wall Street Journal, Rogan's show has been crucial to making Spotify the top U.S. podcast platform by listeners. And then Stelter goes on to talk about Neil Young. I've already shared that with you. But he says that uh, Neil Young now, Neil Young now is addressing the public by saying misinformation is the problem. So ditch the misinformers and find good, clean place to support your monthly checks. In other words, cancel Spotify subscriptions. Then Neil Young wrote this. This is this is Neil Young, uh, you know, just yesterday to the musicians and creators in this world. I say this. You must be able to find a better place than Spotify to be the home of your art. So now Neil is like in a full on war. Uh, against Spotify and encouraging other musicians to ditch the platform. And then there's this. Finally, he addressed the workers at Spotify and said, Daniel Eck, the CEO, is your problem, not Joe Rogan. Eck pulls the strings. Get out of the place before it eats up your soul. The goals stated by Eck are about numbers, not art, not creativity. So Neil Young is now telling Spotify employees, probably a bunch of of 20-somethings, that they should quit their jobs because of this whole flap, which led, and now I really mean this is the final piece, Rumble, which is yet another platform, conservative platform, I think Pete Thiel's involved in Rumble, to offer Joe Rogan $100 million if he will join the Canada-based video platform in an attempt to woo the popular podcast host away from Spotify. To which I conclude with a question, who are you rooting for? Neil Young or Joe Rogan? Hear more of Michael Smirconish on Sirius XM's POTUS, Channel 124. Live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com. Michael Smirconish for Independent Minds.
Spring, is that you? Warmer temps mean new Albert styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Superlight Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Superlight shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee.